Hi guys, Esther Kesmira here and welcome to another one of my episodes. Today we're talking revenue because revenue has been on my mind for quite a while and revenue is the top line for your business. So, so many people focus on the bottom line and that's fully understandable because you're, you're focused on your profits and you're thinking, oh, how, how do I increase my profits, you know, um, because then I can draw a dividend. So what I feel about focusing on your profits is that you end up then focusing on your outgoings because you want to reduce them in order to make a profit. But I feel that that is sort of not going to really grow your business because then you start to shrink your your expenses and that means those expenses involve, say, subcontractors or people who are doing work for you or your staff. So you start cutting down on staff, you start cutting back on 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 various kinds of expenses and that will start to shrink your business. So... What I feel is the best way forward is to focus on your revenue because when you focus on your revenue, you're not bothered about your costs. Your costs become irrelevant and your bottom line, i.e. your profit, is much more. So I feel if you're running a business and you're now going to reopen because now times are changing, we are now in April, we've done the Easter bank holiday which was lovely, by the way, and I hope yours was too. I hope you managed to 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 relax and prepare for for opening your business. You know, so many businesses are reopening this month, and it's quite exciting, and it's quite um, it's filling people with optimism. And you know, it's it's one of those things where now we feel like we're getting back to normal because driving down the high street and seeing all those shops and stores and salons and you know all those beauty shops closed was heartbreaking it really was so to see them reopening it's brilliant i'm so excited so your your business is opening and you're thinking about you know how you're going to re- start trading and maybe you've never really looked at your your financial statements because you know you've been busy and now you're thinking, obviously, I'm starting up again and I need to find out, you know, what's going on, you know, because it's been a crazy time. It's been a crazy year. When people shut down, they thought they were shutting down like for three months and it's ended up being over a year. So it's been really crazy. And some businesses have been completely shut. So now when we are reopening, expenses are on our mind, costs are on our mind more than anything else. And what I'm trying to encourage people or what I'm doing now is just focus on the sales, you know. Don't worry yourself too much about the costs because the costs are there for a reason, unless they're unnecessary. Because sometimes we can sign up for something and forget about it. And then we we just keep paying for it. It could be a subscription of a magazine that you never read that comes in and you know, it's it's just put in the bin, but we, we're paying for it every month. If you have costs like that, absolutely cancel them. But don't reduce your costs because of the panic of opening and 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 feeling like 
you know, we need to improve our bottom line. We've been shut for a year and now we are reopening and we don't know how we're going to maneuver the rest of this year. So the best thing to do is to cut costs. I, I feel strongly, strongly that that's a dangerous move because you start to shrink your company and you cannot shrink into greatness. You can only spend to be great. So if anything, you're saying, let us focus on the advertising and put more money in our advertising, more money in our marketing, put our word out there, go on social media, tell everyone that we're open, give them an offer, give them a discount, tell them to come in, make it much easier for them, focus on yourselves, have people coming in. If you invoice people, make sure that those invoices are beautiful. Make paying you much, much easier. If people come in and pay you cash up front and then take the product, it could be, you know, it could be like hair products that you sell. It could be a restaurant. I love those businesses where money is paid up front because then you don't have issues of chasing debt, you know. So it's a beautiful, beautiful business if you have that kind of model because you're not worried about having someone there getting customers to pay you because they've already paid even before you've given them the order. So if you have that, then think about easier ways for them to pay you. Maybe you had those easier ways. Maybe you're doing food deliveries and now you're going to go back and open that till and have them paying you the old-fashioned way. Just keep what you had going and even look for easy and easier ways for them to pay you. Maybe keep the app. Maybe you had an app where they were placing orders. Maybe keep that as well. So when they come on the table, they place the order. Train your staff more on technology so that when customers come in, there's limited communication with the staff and more focus on giving them great food. Or a great service, you know. Think of Amazon. I love Amazon because Amazon employs over 220,000 people. But you can never talk on the phone with, with an employee of Amazon. But the service is great, you know. You will receive your package the following day using Amazon Prime. So the service is amazing that people don't even care that we can't speak to anybody on the phone. So have a business like that. Have a business where you're focusing more on the service you're offering rather than having, I don't know, five waiters on the floor taking orders. Maybe they're getting them wrong. They're having to, to you know, speak in a different language. They're having to do all sorts of things. Just keep to the technology. So they get to the table, place the order, and in seconds, you're giving them beautiful food. They won't complain. They place the order themselves. So if the order is wrong, it's them, it's, it's them who, who are the problem. And just have one member of staff going around helping them out. Maybe they don't understand how the app works. And this person is talking them through it. So you can change your business to that and focus on the sales rather than on the costs. And you'll find that your bottom line will automatically improve. That's what I think. And I have seen businesses grow this way. 
where they don't care about the costs. They keep the costs going. They keep their stuff on. They keep their advertisers on, their marketing on, everything, their salespeople there. And they just focus on the revenue. So how does it all work? How it works is now that you're reopening, you sit back down and say, right, so how have we been getting our cash in? So as I said, if, if you're paid before you even give somebody a service, that's amazing, you know, or after you give somebody a service because you're getting money the same day you give the service. But there are some businesses that have to offer service and then send an invoice. And it's normally business to business um, companies, but hey, there's so many. So I'd like to talk about that today because basically it is it's something that can be stressful and it's something that I'm going to teach on my webinar and on the course that I've designed but I would also like to talk about it now because you th there's so many invoicing situations to avoid because these invoicing situations are the ones that get customers not paying you on time and then you wonder what you've done wrong you know so one of the major ones are when the invoicing payment terms are not clear so what does this mean so you basically have you basically have an invoice that you've sent out but they don't really understand what they're paying so there's a bit of a lack of clarity on what what service you're offering i've seen this happen like basically somebody sends you an invoice and even the description is is a bit odd and you're thinking okay what are they charging me for and you find yourself picking up the phone and ringing them and finding out what the thing is so if you have a system where you send out a quote somebody cannot accept a quote if they're not clear on what the description is. So if you've sent somebody a quote and they've said yes, have a system where that quote is automatically turned into an invoice. So everything on the quote is like copied and pasted onto an invoice if you like. So there's software that does that. All you do is press make into an invoice and it makes it into an invoice. And then that way, there's no confusion and actually, it's uniform. So what they saw on the quote is what they see on the invoice and is what they pay. So then it, everything matches and you're happy. So those are one of the things that you can think about. Say you don't send out quotes and maybe you just send an email giving them a breakdown of what you're going to do and how you're going to charge. So that's all well and good. But if they accept that email, then copy and paste exactly what you wrote and put it down on the invoice. Because if you then sit down and then just... Because sometimes it could be plumbing. It could be anything. And then you use jargon. Jargon for your industry that the customer does not even understand. And they're thinking, what have you charged me for? And this will delay your payment. I can guarantee it. Because once a customer is not clear, clarity is power. If they're not clear on what they're paying, they will not pay it. And then another thing is you forget to invoice your customer. This happens a lot, especially with companies that are run by one person, a one-man band. 
So you have all these jobs, you go out and do them, and then you forget to invoice. So have a system where you have the software on the phone. So when you have the software on the phone, after you finish the job, right at the site of the customer, you raise the invoice. It's simple. You just put the customer name in, what has been done, how much it is, and click send. And the customer will receive it when you're still there. So if there are any objections, you can discuss them. And that way you can guarantee you'll get paid. And you'll get paid quicker. So that's another thing to think about. How do you invoice? Do you, do you have all these jobs that you put down on a spreadsheet and tick them off as you do them and then go and then get, you know, um, a Word document that you turn into a PDF and send it out to the customer? But if you get so busy, you do it at the end of the week or the end of the month. So think about that and say, is that something I should think about changing? Because that way, you'll get paid quicker. I can guarantee it. And another thing is when you spend all day chasing late payments. So if you have automatic invoice reminders, they're so effective. I can't even tell you. All my customers I have put on invoice reminders, they get their money. They don't even have to chase anyone. So have a software that has invoice reminders, you know, and these invoice reminders go out to the customers. You can set it to maybe two days before the end of the month or two days before the invoice is due for payment. And so what happens is at those two months, the invoice just, the, the reminder just goes out for the payment of the invoice. So the customer receives it and it looks like you have just sent it, but you're out doing something else. This is just automated every month. And so it's really effective. It's really professional because you can design the email yourself that you want to go out. Or you can just have the generic one. And you'll see that it will help. It will help a lot in collecting money. So it can even save you having to hire someone to sit there and start ringing people and asking for money. So about that one and see whether it's something that can help help with your business when you reopen so that that way you're, you're focusing on what's bringing money in rather than how what people haven't paid you that's that's a waste of time especially if you can automate it and then if you're too lenient about your payment terms that can come back to bite you because then customers are, customers will become very reluctant or very relaxed in paying you because they they, they, they don't feel like they they should really pay you. <laughs> it's weird, you know. But if you're very firm about your payment terms and you keep it to two weeks and say, listen, I need my money in two weeks, you'll find that they'll pay attention and they'll pay you, especially if they use your service regularly. They'll think, oh, you know, I need to pay these guys because they're quite serious about their payment terms. But if you're very relaxed, you send the invoice late, you don't really chase for outstanding payments, you know, you give them longer paying terms, you'll find that they'll not really pay. You know, they'll go along with it. Because what, what you accept from people is what they'll give you. But if you, 
if you say no i am going to make sure that i am getting my money in on time because i'm giving you the service on time so the least you can do is pay me on time you'll find that they'll do it you really will so those are one of the things that you can think about i just want to give you things that that you can think about as you you reopen another major major one that i i just love is the payment options so find find a, there's so many softwares now like if you want to really see softwares just go on google and say hmrc softwares because it's nice to find a software that hmrc approve of because then you know that it's compliant basically you're not going to get into trouble you don't want to use a software that hmrc know nothing about and maybe it's not recording your your transactions like hmrc one two and then if if you're if you're selected for an audit they'll start asking you for more information about what you're showing them and normally maybe it's paperwork you can't find Maybe it happened two years ago and you don't even know where the paperwork is. It's in a loft somewhere. So you don't want those situations. So it's always nice if before you use a software to go into the HMRC. Actually, I think that's a link I will share. In, um, I think I'll put, it, I'll put it somewhere on my social media so you can find it. So that you can just go on there and see the software that HMRC approve of. There are many Send me an email if you want me to send you that link. But I'm going to put it somewhere where you can find it and look at those software providers and then select one and then see their features and then see whether they have all these things we've been talking about today. Payment options is huge. So you send an invoice and they can pay by direct debit, they can pay by card, they can pay by PayPal. So when you give them all these options, they have no reason not to pay you. And they find it easier. You know, they really do. I mean, like my son plays football and I was given the option of paying by cash or paying online. And I thought about it and when I was like, when was the last time I paid in cash? That was ages ago. Because I just do it online. It is simple. Everything I do, I do it online. If somebody says bring cash, that's painful. I have to leave my house go to a cash machine, withdraw the money, make sure it's enough, make sure I don't drop it because it's in my pocket, then take it to these people. So the convenience changes everything, everything. And that's why Amazon are making so much money. They have a two-step transaction. One, you see the product, and two, you've bought it. Boom, that's it. That's what people love. So make sure that you have payment options on your software that you select and then you'll find customers will pay you quicker this is how serious it is customers pay 14 days earlier if they have more alternatives to pay so people who send out invoices to customers with alternatives to pay they give them 30 days to pay and the customers pay in 15 days that's that's how effective this method is so think about the methods you use to receive money and then improve them. There's so many ways out there these days. So many. And you will find that it will change your business. It will, you'll start to get the cash in. Because as I said, cash is king. 
you have to get that money in the business as soon as possible. And once you focus on your sales, you focus on your cash in, you'll find that you'll not worry about the expenses. You'll meet all your expenses and still have a lot of cash left over. You won't worry about your payroll. You won't worry about things like that. All you'll be doing is enjoying the money coming in and growing your business even further. We'll speak more about this, but for now, I gotta go. Take care, guys. Thanks for listening, and I hope to hear from you soon. Bye now. Hi, guys. Esther Kesmira here, and welcome to another one of my episodes. I just finished my run. I'm hanging in there. It's going so well. I see changes in my body. I see changes in my energy levels. So everything I wanted to achieve, I'm achieving. It's not been easy, but, you know, things that you really want to achieve, that you find challenging, are worth it. Anything challenging is worth it. And for me, my health is everything. So however cold it is, snowing, raining, or anything, I'm out there and I'm running. Today, I was running at six in the morning. So I beat the sun, you know. I was like, I have to beat the sun. And I did, you know. So I watched the sunrise while I was running in the park and it was amazing and I was feeling good but getting here has been quite the journey because so many times my body would say please let us not go but I don't negotiate with my mind I was like I'm going to do it and I would get up with my muscles aching and I would go and I would run but now I'm feeling good all those aches have gone and that's how we should be with life guys That's how we should be, to never give up. I was so determined and I didn't give up because I had good enough reasons. And one of my strongest reasons was this is good for my health. This is good for my energy levels. This will springboard into everything I do. And because of that, I held on, especially when my body had given up. My mind was still thinking, this is good and we still need to keep going. And that's what has brought me to this level where now my body is saying, okay, if if you want to run every day, we'll give you the energy. We'll give you the muscle power. And now I'm going, no aches at all. And I'm running and I'm running even longer than I was running before. So now I'm doing almost 5K every morning. It's amazing. I didn't think I'd ever do that. I used to do exercise and rest for the next two days and think, oh, I really need to rest my body. But I didn't know that I was underachieving. But now I get it. The more you ask from the universe, the more it gives you. The less you ask, the less you'll get. So today I just want to talk about not giving up because I think persistence is something that I struggle with, that so many people struggle with. And when you're running a business the most important thing is persistence because a lot of the time you're going to face challenges and you're going to be thinking, should I give up? Is this worth it? Should I go and get a job? You know, and these days it's become acceptable for people to give up. I mean, just call your family and say, do you know what? This business is really hard. I'm going to give up. They'll sympathize with you and they'll give in to that and say, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's been really hard. We've seen how stressed you are. You know, just relax, just give it up. But that's not what you want to hear. 
to be successful, you have to persist. And if your family are telling you, oh, just find something easy and be happy with what you have, it's not going to pay the bills. That sympathy won't pay the bills. You have to keep going. And that's why for me, when I'm going through something challenging, I'll only share it with people who I know are going to hold me accountable. People who I know are going to be hard on me. And that helps. It really does. But guess what? Sometimes, because, you know, like with sometimes so many people will say, oh, maybe um, you should get a mentor, you know, you should get a role model, somebody you look up to. But like me, I have no parents. Those are people I'd be looking up to. Um, I'm in a space where I don't really have strong mentors that I'm able to look to and the ones that I have are busy, you know. They're doing something else. They live in different parts of the country. So you can't exactly say that you're going to, you know, spend the day with them, sit down with them, tell them all your problems, see how you can get guidance. Yes, you get guidance, but to a certain extent. So when I'm faced with challenges, what I do is I know I have to go through with it. I know I have to get the reasons that are going to keep me going. But how am I going to do it? And the thing I do is I read about people's biographies. So a time a time I can really relate to, like really relate to, was when I decided to offer my services as give you accounting services using technology. Now, this was an alternative. So people were already they were already they already had a manual way of doing things. So I came along and I was like, I'm going to use technology so you can replace technology with your manual systems. And it made a lot of sense to me. And I thought people would embrace it. So I have this whole business around it and I'm ringing, cold calling, and no one is is interested. And that was that was really challenging. I can't even tell you because when you're cold calling and you believe in something and you're ringing businesses and you're telling them the services that you have and all of them are like, I'm not interested. I already have a system I'm using. Never call again. And those who are saying, oh yeah, um, just come and show me what it is, you know. Some people would give you a chance. They say, okay, yeah, I'm, 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 in, I'm, I'm at my business at the moment. Come and show me what it is. And I'd go there and show them. And after an hour, they say, mm, yeah, no, it doesn't really work for me. So that's the time when I just, everything in me just wanted to give up. I was like, especially if you've had an alternative like a job, I was like, why don't I just get a job and just give this whole thing up because I thought it would be easier than it actually was. I knew it wouldn't be easy, but I didn't think it would be that difficult. And I was in a situation where I had to pay bills, you know, and this thing was not working. And I had somebody helping me and I had to pay them. And I was under a lot of stress. I was spending a lot of money traveling, visiting businesses and then they would say, we're not interested. So all I would have at the end of the day is just my 
travel expenses, maybe lunches that I've had, you know. So there was more money leaving the business than money coming in. And it was really, really stressful. But guess what? I didn't give up. I don't know why. (laughs) To be honest with you, I don't know why. But whenever I would get home, I would start to think about people who didn't give up. I was like, life is weird. It's like you, whatever you think of, your body or your mind will focus on that. So if I'd gone home and said, maybe I should give up, maybe I should get a job, maybe I should do this, then my mind will give me all the reasons why I should why I should give up. But because I said I'm not going to give up, because if I give up, it's over, you know? All this that I've worked hard for is gone. And every day it got harder to give up because I was thinking, I've come this far, I've come this far. But then something in me would say, you have a four-year-old to look after, you're a single mother, you have to do something to get money. And even just keep on the people who you have you're working with so you know I sat there and I said thinking about all these people that are successful but didn't have it easy you know so one of my main main people that spring to mind all the time when I feel challenged is Oprah because I remember when she was telling her story and she was like she was told she was not fit to be on television imagine that they tell you you're not fit to be on television, your confidence is just completely gone, especially if it's people who you think highly of and who you know are very experienced in the, in, in the industry you're trying to get into. And I thought of Walt Disney because I read about him. I used to read about all these people because their Wikipedia is online. And I was thinking, you know, in, I come back in the evening, I'm... I'm feeling the stress. I'm feeling, I can't even sleep at night. So at times I'd read about these guys at three in the morning. So I'd wake up and I start reading about Walt Disney. I start reading about how he was refused finance. He was refused loans over 300 times. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, I've just got how many rejections. I used to make how many calls a day. I would say maybe about 50 or 60, you know, and I'd get turned down. I'm thinking, this guy was refused loans 300 times, over 300 times. And his first animation company failed. But he kept going and he became successful, you know. I would read about Stephen King, how his first book was rejected. And he actually threw the script in the bin. But apparently got it out later and, you know, and kept going. But, you know, you, <clears throat> you read about all these people and what inspires is they are successful, but you're reading about them and their, and, and their journeys and their journeys are, you know, they're even a hundred times worse than what you're going through at the moment. And that's when you start to get inspired. So I was like, if I don't have a mentor who I can run to, yeah, who can guide me at this time, let me read about these guys. So I used to wake up, it, it, it became a habit. I used to wake up, I read about Howard Schultz. I couldn't even put his, his, his book down. You know, I know everything about about him because I read about how he talked to his employer about a coffee idea he had and his employer just called it dumb, you know, and it's Starbucks now. And I read about how he went to Italy and how he, you know, he, he got this idea of how people can, 
how he can create an environment around coffee. He didn't give up and he gave up a really good job in New York to start Starbucks. But he went through, I mean, he even tells a story of how he went and this guy just threw him out literally of the room and spoke to him and and he said he'll never, ever, ever forget that meeting because the guy made him feel so small. So, you know, I read about all these people. Henry Ford, his first two companies failed and left him completely broke. So when I'd read about all these people, I kept going. And it ended up working out for me. I started to get people. I started to get people helping me, guiding me. I started to get small business owners actually coming to me and saying, yes, we need your service. Because I said even talking at events, you know, it's amazing how resourceful you can become when you have no money and you still have to market your business and you're, you're determined not to give up. So I started becoming resourceful and it started working for me. So I started finding so many ways to market for free without spending any money because Google AdWords had wiped me out and it started to work. So these people I took inspiration from until today, I still read about them because when I was really at my lowest and I read their stories, they helped me refuse to give up. And that's the thing that I thought about today. And I was thinking about, you know, my run, you know, when I, when I started running, when I started thinking about, you know, let me, let me try this. Let me, because before I would be like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll work out because I'm going on holiday. But this time I had a resolve where I was thinking, I have to do this. This is what's going to change my life. I've always wanted to change my life. And this is the way I'm going to do it. So that in the evening, I'm not tired. I'm still buzzing. Because I have friends like that. I have, I have people who I look at and they're buzzing. I remember the event I went for when Tony Robbins came to London. And it was one of like, the, 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 I've never seen so much energy in one room. And I've never seen one man with so much energy. And because he had so much energy, it it sort of bounced off him to us. I don't even know how to explain it. Because he came into the room with so much energy, everyone just followed him and started feeling the energy from him. And the whole room was buzzing. I even forgot to eat the whole day, which is something that has never happened to me. Because I was just pumped. I was just, you know, like my mind was... I've never felt like that. It was like euphoria. And obviously, it's because he's been looking after himself, you know, because when you look at someone, you can know what their habits are. And that thing stuck with me. And I was like, I want to feel like this every day. So when I was writing down my goals, I was like, I need something to change because... If you, do some, if you do the same thing every day and expect a different result, that's what they call insanity. You have to change in order for your life to change. That's if you want it to change. And I wanted mine to change. I was like, I know I can perform even higher than I am now, but I, what do I need to do to get there? And I was like, the thing I need is energy. But how do I get this energy, you know? Because before I was too busy to work out, I was like, no, I don't have the time. 
because I have all these things I need to do. You know, I'm a single mother. I have to take my son to school. I have to come back. I have to work. I have to run around. I have to, you know, I have to do all the home home shopping. I have to, you know, take him to soccer practice, take him swimming, take him karate, take him everywhere. So I, I don't have the time. But that was just an excuse. I was like, I need to make the time because this is the most important appointment I need to have if I'm going to live a full life. You can't live a full life and you're not looking after yourself. It just doesn't work. And so I wrote down all the benefits of exercise. And my God, the list was endless. You know, I looked for the, I looked for the disadvantages of working out. And the only one I could come up with was making time to work out, which was ridiculous. So it was a no-brainer. So because I had this whole list and everything that I was writing in there is what I wanted to become... I, I I had to do it. There was no question about it. I just had to do it. But I was thinking, oh, really? Every day? I must be crazy. But I looked around me and said, because that's when your reticular activating system kicks in. You know, when you're thinking of something. And instead of thinking, oh, I don't have the time, you're thinking, I have to do it. So because I was in that zone of I have to do it rather than is it possible, my brain kicked in and was like, okay, these are your alternatives. You go to the park and run or get a Peloton bike, get something. So guess what? I have a Peloton bike. So anytime I just jump on it, do a class, it's amazing. It makes me feel good. So because of the energy and because of, because obviously when you work out, all those endorphins shoot to your brain and you feel alive. Because of that aliveness I feel, I can't, I, I, it, it's become part of me. I've done this for six weeks, eight weeks now, and I can't imagine myself doing anything without working out that day. It's just like part of me now and I love it. And, but it was a long journey. And so many times when I'd wake up in the morning and it's snowing outside and my body is so relaxed and, and, and it's aching everywhere and I'm thinking, do I really need to do this? And I start to f look, find excuses of not doing it. I say I'm not negotiating with my mind. I'm doing it. There's a time I woke up in the morning. It was so painful. And I went and had a run. When I came back home, I was like, you know what? Because I even thought of not going today, I'm going to bathe ice cold water. And I did it just to send that message to my brain that you need to be uncomfortable if you're going to grow, if you're going to achieve something worthwhile. And that's how we have to be with ourselves. We should not sympathize and give in to that voice that says, oh, poor you, let's Let's take the easy route. Let's use the elevator, not the stairs. Use the stairs step by step and feel it. Because when you feel it, when you get there, it will be worth it. It really will. And it's sort of like it toughens you up. So if you're then thrown in any situation, your mind is strong. Your mental is strong. You're like... Bring it.
because I'm ready. You'll start to be ready for anything. But if you keep giving into that sympathy that you get from your family, because the family love you. They, they want the best for you. They want to see you suffer. But guess what? You have to suffer if you're going to achieve anything. Because you start to become mentally strong. You start to think, oh, wow, this is how it is. So I have to adapt. You start to become resourceful. There are no excuses. You, you, there's no excuse. Oh, I have no money. No one will lend me money. You'll find ways. The social media these days, it's free. Put your business on there and start marketing it and you'll see. You'll see people coming to you. So I feel, because I feel a different person than I was six, seven years ago. Completely different. Oh my gosh. Completely. You know, and it's been through the experiences I've had and I can't trade them for anything. Some of the experiences I wouldn't wish on anyone, but they are part of me and I treasure them because they, they were learning experiences. It's only when you give up that the game is over. But when you keep going, you treasure it even more. So I believe in this. I believe that you're either winning or you're learning. That's what I keep telling my son at least. You know, you're either winning or you're learning. There's nothing like I've failed. You only fail if you give up. And failure is fine. If, if something doesn't work, you learn. So it's not even failure. It's a lesson. A learning lesson where you've actually paid for it. And when you pay for something, it's so valuable. It really is. And all those lessons add up. And you look back and say, ah, now I see why that happened. You know, because of that happening, I'm the person I am today. So it's growth at the end of the day. It really is. So guys, just keep up there. Just keep trying. Just keep going. But hugely, hugely, never give up. Never, ever give up. Especially if it's something you believe in. Once you believe in something, then it's worth your time. And it's worth you keeping going. So that's what's on my mind today. I just thought I'd share it on here. And I love you guys for listening to me and for sharing your ideas. Please contact me. I'm on, I'm on Facebook. I have a Facebook page on there, Bookkeeping That Works. Send me a message. Tell me how you're feeling. Tell me about your business. I'd love to hear from you. But for now, I gotta go. So bye-bye.